Well, I do want to share with you today a message that I would call when I see Jesus. And I want you to think of that title in terms of your own life when you see Jesus. As Christians, it's important that we know uh, some things about Christ. One, that we know the past. We know what Christ has done for us. It's the foundation of our lives, what Christ has done for us, right? We, we just had communion, which is what? It's remembering what he's done for us. And this is so important that we know what he's done for us. We also should know what he's doing for us. What is happening in our present life? How is our relationship with God through Christ? How does it happen for us today? We should know what God is doing in our lives, in the world around us, in the body of Christ, what era we're in right now. But we should also know, and this is where we often fail, and where I want us to really focus today, we should know what he's going to do for us in the future. We should know what he's going to do for us in the future. Right now, I can say that I've been saved. Can I get an amen from somebody? I have been born again. I've been set free. The spirit of the living God lives within me and upon me. I have within me what the Bible calls an excellent treasure, and yet... I'm still an earthen vessel. Did you know that I'm a knucklehead sometimes? I always tell people, you'll see two Mylans. One will be very loving, very kind, very compassionate, very wise. That's Jesus in me. And you'll see a jerk uh, who fails and falls short, and that's Mylan in me. Are you catching this today? Can you relate to what I'm saying? I am an earthen vessel. I still struggle with failures, faults, questions, trials, tribulations. They still come my way. Come on. God has taken me from one glory to another, but I'm still not who I long to be. And why do I long for more? Because I've had a glimpse of the glory that is to come. This is who I was. This is who I am. We can define who I was before I was saved. We can define who I am now as a Christian. But you know what? This is who I will be. Every one of us ought to have a clear picture of what is coming for us, what glory is expected and headed our way. It's important. It's even essential that you keep your eyes on the glory that is to come. Listen to me today. How do you survive the struggles that you face every day? It's because you know the glory that is to come. How do you live with unanswered questions? It's because you know the glory that is to come. How do you deal with your own shortcomings and failures and sins? When you disappoint your own self, how do you live with that? It's because we are aware of the glory that is to come. What do I mean by the glory that is to come? I mean, by that I mean the condition that you are in spiritually and how you relate to God. When we say from glory to glory, like before I was saved, the only way I could relate to God is when he convicted me of my sin. When the light came on and he showed me the truth and I had an opportunity to respond. When I was born again, I came into a new glory. Now, the spirit of God lives within me. And this is where we are today. Oh, what a wonderful thing it is. We come into the, God's house, and, and the Bible says that if two or three are gathered together in my name, that he's right there in the midst of us. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will be with you always. All oh, the goodness of God as his child is a wonderful thing. And yet, we're not there yet. There is another glory to come. See, there's, there's a misconception that the world has about church, and it is that God makes us live better lives so that we can be with him. 
Like if you do good and you be a good person, you might make it to heaven. And that's what Christianity, Christianity is us helping you be a good person so that you can get from this place to a better place. But that's not the truth. The truth from scripture is that God reveals himself to us. And as we behold him, we become more like him. Are you hearing me today? As we behold him, as we see him, as we look upon him, we become more like him. And that is how he takes us from glory to glory to glory. Are you with me so far? So God is transforming our lives by the power of him revealing himself to us and us seeing who he is. We've got one big problem, though, and it's in the book of Exodus. In chapter 33, it says, Then Moses said, I pray you, Lord, show me your glory. And he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. Moses is saying, God, show me your glory. Let me get a glimpse of who you are. And watch what God says. You cannot see my face, though, for no man can see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place by me, and you shall stand there on the rock. And it will come about while my glory is passing by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. If God takes us from glory to glory by allowing us to see him and no man can look at God and live, we've got a big problem, don't we? I mean, Moses had a big problem. He desired to see the face of God. Oh, you know what the real body of Christ? There's a lot of churchgoers. Come on. There's a lot of people who say they're Christians, but the body of Christ all have one thing in common, and that is they long to see him. When we read the words, even so, come, Lord Jesus, we relate because we want to see Jesus. Moses wanted to see Jesus, but he couldn't in the condition that he was in. So God held his hand in front of his face so he couldn't see him face to face. He could only see glimpses or parts of him. So how does God reveal himself to us? Well, the first time God revealed himself to us was when Jesus came in the flesh. God became clothed in the flesh so that we could behold him. Amen. He came in the form that we could stand, that we could take. We could look at his hands. We could see his feet. We could listen to his words. We could see a human being and the word of God being lived out in the flesh. When I came to Jesus, listen, I didn't live 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the earth, but I have seen the risen Savior with the eyes of my spirit. It was when God convicted me deep within my heart that I had a glimpse of the risen Savior. I couldn't draw you a picture of him. I don't have a clue of how big his nose is or long his hair is. I've seen the risen Savior, though. He has saved me, God in the flesh. It is sort of like God put his hand over our eyes in a way, and he gave us a glimpse of him himself through the person of Jesus Christ. John 1 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory. Oh, I'm so glad that I've seen his glory. I'm so glad that I have looked upon a savior when I needed one. The only begotten of the father, full of grace and full of truth. We have seen God through the lens of the flesh. And now that we're born again, believers, we see him in a new way as in a mirror, 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed 
into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. We're seeing glimpses of God. We're seeing God as if we're looking at him through what Paul calls a dim mirror. Have you ever been to a really, really old house, like 1800s or something, and you look through the glass and everything is sort of fuzzy like this because they didn't have the ability to make flat glass that was really transparent. So you could see forms and shapes, but you couldn't always tell. And it's kind of like that right now. We don't see God clearly. We're seeing a reflection. We're seeing parts of him. We're not seeing him in his absolute fullness. We're not there yet. As born-again believers, it's like we're looking into a mirror and seeing a reflection of God. It's kind of like welding. Do you know if you, if you they wear those helmets over their eyes to, to keep their eyes from being damaged. If you look at the, the brightness of the light when someone is welding, it's so bright it'll damage your eyes. And yet, did you know that if you watch welding on TV, if someone's welding on TV, you don't need a helmet. Because the TV itself dims the light down. The brightness can't go through your TV. So you're looking at a filtered version. You're not really seeing the fullness of what is happening there. In the same way, we're seeing glimpses of Jesus. We're seeing reflections of God. We're looking at him from time to time in our lives. And yes, he's with us always, but there is another glory to come. That's what I came to tell you. Oh, how good it is to know the Lord. Oh, how good it is to be saved, to be his child. Oh, how good it is that I am saved, that he washed my sins away. But can I promise you something? This is not the last glory. God has another glory to come. In the past and present glory, it's like God is holding his hand over our faces and preventing us from seeing all that we could see in him. So we don't get a full glimpse of him, just reflections. And as much as you have seen Jesus, listen to me, as much as you have conversed with Jesus, as much as you've seen him in the depths of your spirit, can I promise you today, you have not yet seen him face to face. Oh, but one day, child of God, you will. Here is the glimpse of the glory that is to come. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. And if there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then, Oh, thank God for the then. I'm excited about the then. But then, face to face, now I know in part, but then I will know fully just as I also have been known. Right now, we see in parts. Let me give you some understanding from the scripture. Paul is saying there is a dichotomy between how we relate to God now versus the day we see him face to face. Now we know in part. Now we see through a mirror dimly. We're looking at glimpses. Why is there gifts of prophecy? Why does it say they'll be done away with? We have prophecy now because we don't have the full revelation of God yet, do we? We're getting pieces of the revelation of God. So someone can prophesy to you and tell you something you may not know about the future. But when we see him face to face, no one will be able to tell you anything you don't already know. Come on. There's no need for prophecy because you will know everything. You will know like you are known. The same with knowledge. Someone can teach you something. 
But it says knowledge will be done away with. Does that mean we're all just going to be dumb in heaven? <laughs> no, just think about it. What if we're not all dumb in heaven? What if we all know as Jesus knows? Come on. That I will never be able to teach you anymore because you have learned, you have become like him when you see him face to face. Why will speaking in tongues and messages in tongues cease? Because we don't need just a message for this moment and this time. How can, you, how can you hear or speak in an unknown tongue when you know all languages? Come on, somebody. How can you give a message that they haven't heard if they're knowing what's happening in the spirit realm anyway? Are you catching this? Paul is saying right now we're looking at God. All the glory of God. We're seeing him through this mirror dimly. We're looking at him and sometimes we get a real clear picture of Jesus. Come on. You just get a real clear picture of who God is. And then there are other times it seems like you can't find God anywhere in what's going on in your life. Come on. Have you ever prayed, God, where are you? I don't see you anywhere around me. Paul was saying we're living in this time, but there is coming a day when we will see him face to face. And when we do, he's going to take us from this glory as good as is to another glory. Come on. Amen. God has something good for us today. When that which is perfect has come. Can I tell you, Jesus is the perfect one. And when he comes and when you and I see him face to face, everything is going to change in that moment. You see, when I see Jesus face to face, everything about my life is going to change. And I'm going to give you three things that I really wish I could change now. But I take joy in knowing that someday they will change. One, my troubles will be over. You know, all the old songs talked about things like mortal toil and the life of sin and woe. It described, even for Christians, living on this life as having troubles and difficulties and sorrows. Even Jesus himself has said, in this world you will have sorrows. Do you know that you and I probably live with less troubles and sorrows than any other generation in the history of the world? Because we live in this country and at this time, we have fewer trials and sorrows than most anybody else had before. And yet, don't you feel like you were constantly being bombarded with troubles and sorrows? I mean, if I've learned anything about this life, it's that once you get over one hurdle, there's another hurdle to come, right? That's the thing about Christianity is that we talk about it as if it's a long distance race and endure to the end. And that's true. But it's really more like a long-distance race that has hurdles all the way through it. I mean, and don't be surprised by the hurdles because that's what life is. One challenge after another. Last week, I preached on understanding the attack of the enemy and how he attacks your personal life. And, you know, I knew that would make the devil mad. All this week, we have had challenges this week. Even this morning, we have had challenges come upon us. And sometimes I just like for the troubles and the challenges and the bills and the family problems and the difficulties and the church problems and all the things, I'd like for it to just be over. And can I tell you, someday when I see him face to face, he's going to make all my troubles go away. The answer is not that God is going to fix every problem in this life. It's not that he's going to make everything for you smooth in this life. The answer is that one day you will see him face to face and all of the problems that you have will be behind you. Can you say amen? Someday they will all be behind me. You see, when I see Jesus, my troubles will be over. And when I see Jesus, my questions will be answered. 
One of the most difficult things about life is not knowing why. Not knowing what's going on. But the Bible says, I shall know as I am known. Right now, we know in part. We have glimpses. We have guesses. There have been times in our past where somebody that we loved, somebody in the church passed away. I remember when Lori Mercord passed away years ago, and she had cancer, and we prayed for her. She even got baptized in a wheelchair. We, I mean, it was just, uh, we were believing God. You can't say there was a lack of faith or we didn't touch God, and yet she passed away. And, and Buddy and Harold and, and, and me, and we just, we sat down and we talked about the why. Well, maybe it's because this. Well, maybe God knew she'd get stray another in the future, and he took her home. Maybe, you know what, the truth is we don't really know why. One of the most difficult things about living in this life is trusting God with the whys, the questions that we have. Why did things turn out this way? Why did this person leave this life? Why did my child do that? Why are things going this way? All of the unanswered questions. Have you noticed that the world is trying to solve all their problems by answering all the questions? But you know, you can sum up God's message to you in two words. They are, trust me. Trust me. There, there are a lot of people who would like for God to give them an answer to everything. And, and they want to just question God. And, and sometimes we question God as if he owes us an answer. Okay, God, why are you doing this? Like he's one of our kids or one of our contemporaries at work. Why did you do this? And we forget that he's God and that we're not. Come on. And God often says to us, you just got to trust me. How can I follow God when what he's doing doesn't make sense? The answer is not that God's going to answer every one of your questions. The answer is knowing that one day it's going to all make sense. Hallelujah. Why did Lori have to die? Why didn't God heal her? Why couldn't we have a testimony that we shared online? Wouldn't it be great? Oh, but there's a reason, and God knows why. And you know, the Bible says that God's ways are above your ways, and his thoughts are above your thoughts. And sometimes you've got to realize that maybe you're trying to shrink God's wisdom down into your brain, and you just need to let God be God, the God of wonders, and let him be beyond our understanding and say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you because one day when I see you face to face, I'm going to have one big giant, ah, oh, I get it now. Yes, I understand, God, what you were doing. When I see Jesus, my troubles will be over, my questions answered, and this is my favorite one, I shall be like him. Sometimes I get tired of not being like Jesus. Maybe you don't feel that way, but I do. 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now we are children of God. And watch this. It has not appeared as yet what we will be. There's a glory to come. We know that when he appears, we will be like him. Because we shall see him as he is. Once again, I know you've seen glimpses of Jesus. That's why you're born again. I know that you have seen the reflections of Jesus through a mirror dimly. But let me tell you, there's a glory to come. And when you see him as he is, when you look at him face to face, he is going to change the nature of who you are. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I will no longer be an excellent treasure or an earthen vessel carrying an excellent treasure. Come on. Hallelujah. 
no more sin. We like to we like to put on an air that we don't sin, but we do, don't we? We like to hide our faults and failures, but we got plenty of them, don't we? You know, in some way, imperfect Christians are not a black mark on Christianity. It's really kind of the glory of it because the glory goes to God, right? That's why we're still earthen treasures, the Bible says, earthen vessels, rather. No more weakness. Sometimes I get weak. I get weary. I get tired. You know, I don't know if you know yourself, but let me give you a hint about you. When you get tired and sick, you become grouchy and hateful and doubtful. That's the way most people are, right? And, and sometimes when you have a problem come upon you suddenly, <laughs> you have a knee-jerk reaction and you say dumb things that you shouldn't say. And you let dumb thoughts come through your mind. Why do I know you so well? Because <laughs> I know me so well. Come on. And you know what? I could say to myself, I could say I'm a pretty good guy. You know, I, I've never killed anybody yet. <laughs> I do drive in Austin, so, you know, <laughs> the temptation is always there. I'm a pretty good guy, so, you know, why not just be satisfied with who I am? Can I tell you why I'm not satisfied with who I am? Because I've had a glimpse of the glory that is to come. I've had a taste somewhere out there. You see, God always gives you a glimpse. I've had a glimpse of who I'm going to be someday. And because of that... I look at that and I'm, God, I want to be that. I want to be the person who never disappoints, who never lets you down, who wakes up every day and isn't weak and isn't going the wrong direction, who never has a wrong attitude or a bad word to say, who never has to catch themselves. I want to be the one, God, that you never have to tap on the shoulder and say, Mylon, stop that. But I'm not there yet. Oh, but I long to be there because as we travel through this life, how do we deal with the never-ending struggles of life? It's because we've had a glimpse of the glory that is to come. How can I go through the trials? I know there's an ending to the trials. Come on. How do we live with the wise and the unanswered questions? It's because I've had a glimpse of the day when every question will be answered and every doubt will be allayed. Hallelujah. How do we live this life in an imperfect flesh when I keep falling over and over again and I get back up and it seems like I fall more and more? How do I keep going? It's because I've had a glimpse of the glory to come. I've seen what God is going to do in my life. And when I see him face to face, everything is going to change. So today, shouldn't we focus our attention on Jesus? Shouldn't we continually seek to see glimpses of his reflection? And shouldn't we live in joyous anticipation of the day when he pulls his hands away and he reveals himself to us fully and we see him face to face? Oh, I long for the day that I can see Jesus face to face. When all the troubles are behind me, when every question is answered, when Mylon is no longer weak and has to be carried when Jesus has done his work in my life. I want to close with the words to an old song. It says, as I journey through this land, singing as I go, pointing souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow.
Many arrows pierce my soul from without within. But my Lord leads me on. Through him I must win. Oh, I want to see him, to look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. How I long for Jesus. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? Father, I thank you for this word today, God. I thank you that you've given us a glimpse of the glory that is to come. I thank you, God, that you didn't leave us as sinners. And you're not going to leave us as we are. But God, you're going to take us to that final glory. When we see you face to face and we become like you. And I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. How we long to see you. We don't know the day or the hour when that time will come, Lord. In the meantime, Lord, give us glimpses of you. Show us reflections of who you are. Unveil and reveal yourself to us because we want to know you. We want to know you in the power of your resurrection. We want to know you in the fellowship of your suffering. We want to know you. Let everyone else can have this world. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus. If you're here today, would you stand to your feet? If you can, would you stand to your feet? And let's just begin to worship God today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you lift your hands and just begin to express to God your worship to him today? Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Say these words, show me your glory. Say these words out loud, show me your glory. Show me your glory, Lord. Show me your glory, God. I'm not satisfied. I want to see more. Reveal more of yourself to me, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory be to my Jesus. Glory be to my Jesus. Yes, I'm not who I was, but I am not who I will yet be. There is more to come. Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name, God. I lay my life before you, Lord, and I ask you to shape me and mold me in the image of Christ. Show me who you are, Jesus. Show me your glory. Change me from the inside as I look upon you, God, in Jesus' 
mighty name in Jesus mighty name and oh God we just long can we tell you Lord come Lord Jesus can we just tell you God that we want you to come we want to see you face to face we want to see you face to face and and until that day God we live in joyous anticipation of the day that we see you face to face all the troubles are behind us all of the things that would limit us from knowing you fully are behind us God and we become like you. We become with you forever. Oh, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. We'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.